Today on the CVU School Counselor Podcast, we are releasing the audio from our senior kickoff presentation on the morning of September 12th. There will be a video link posted in the show notes. It is also available through the Direction Center website for those of us who are more visual and want to follow along with the slides as we present them. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. All right, so my name is Russ Aceto. I'm the Fairbanks House Counselor. Welcome. I understand that there's a live stream for this event, so there's likely a lot of people not here, which is kind of why I want to kind of talk about this little tag at the beginning. We are recording this session. It will be posted um, to the Direction Center website. Um, our friend Gary is going to take the audio off of this and if you aren't aware um, the, the Direction Center posts um, some school counselor, school counselor podcasts on a lot of different topics we did it for probably three quarters of the year last year um, we're starting this year with this event um, and there's also some links on the Direction Center website for college rep visits and if you scroll down calendar of events for students to attend these um, during C3 are listed on the website. So that's the start of the presentation, but I would like to have the Direction Center crew introduce themselves to you all. Good morning. My name is Jen Bickle-Hees, and I'm the Nichols House Counselor. Good morning. My name is Susie Moakley, and I'm one of the um, school counselors in the Direction Center. Good morning, everyone. My name is Naomi Williams. I'm one of the Chittenden House counselors. I work with the first half of the alphabet in Chittenden House, and then Sarah O'Hare Hughes works with the second half of the alphabet. Good morning, everyone. My name is Gavin Fonsolidis, and I'm the Snelling House School Counselor. Welcome. And good morning. I'm Rod Hoffman. I'm the Director of School Counseling here at CBU. Thank you. Okay, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, you are. I am. I already said. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I do forget, so I do appreciate the the reminder. Um. So um, we are going to go over our uh, PowerPoint presentation here, and then we will leave time for questions at the end. Um. But we do have a hard stop time because we do have a class that begins at eight forty-five in here. So a few minutes before that. If there are continued questions after that, um, people can reach out to your school counselor. We're happy to um, have a conversation or answer whatever questions you might have at that time. Okay, so just a quick overview of what we're going to talk about today. Um, expectations for the seniors themselves. What are the pieces that are their jobs in this process? Our role as the school counselors to support all of our students. Your job as parents to supporting your students and how you can assist in this process. And then, like I said, we will have time for questions at the end. Um, as Russ said, we will post the link to this on our CBU Direction Center website. So if there are things that you hear today and then you forget, but you remember you want to come back to it, we will post this. In addition, we have something called the College Checklist that we as counselors go through with each of our students when we meet with them to have our senior meetings. And if you as a parent or a student would like to see that prior to your meeting, it will also be posted on our CBU Direction Center website in the next day or two. I just want to say that I 
just assume we're so good people are going to go back and watch it again. Oh, well, that too. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so some general updates. Um, you know, for anyone in the room who has had other seniors who've gone through this process in the last couple of years, you know that things have been evolving and, and changing, and so we wanted to just point out a couple of those pieces. Um, so all of our current seniors started high school during the hybrid year. And so with that, there are some things that look a little bit different on your transcript and or that students might feel um, from that hybrid year might not have been the best and strongest academic years for them. And so we wanna make sure that students and parents understand that colleges are well aware of this and they have been working really closely with schools and school counselors to understand what those changes are and not let anything um, be a problem or impact a student negatively in the application process due to the COVID piece. Standardized testing, this is huge. Um, there are some, some positives that came out of COVID, which one would be that many, many schools have continued to be test optional. When COVID hit and students were able to take the tests, schools had to become test optional. And then they started doing more research and found that those tests are actually not the best indicator of a student's future success in college. And so with that, most schools have still remained test optional for your class. Some are going to be test optional forever, um, some just for another couple of years as they gather information, but so far all the information that we have been finding and hearing from college admissions representatives is that that test optional piece is not hurting students, it's actually helping students. And so um, we'll talk a little bit more about tests later, but ultimately it is absolutely okay to not submit test scores. And we can also talk about that more specifically with students. So that if you want to talk through your test scores to determine if it would be helpful to submit them, we are more than happy to have that conversation. There's also a website that you can check out called fairtest.org that Russ is going to take us to right now. And if he clicks on that test optional yellow box right there, it's going to give you the list of all of the schools that are currently test optional. You can also find this on the school's um, admissions websites. But this is a great resource that literally has every college that is reporting that they are test optional on it. And this is really cool oh, yes. series of videos that Bates uh, College has put out. Uh, we'll watch another one in a second, but I'm going to show this one about test optional. There's also, shocker and plug, um, a really cool school counselor podcast about test optional where I um, Susie and I talked with Middlebury, Dartmouth, UVM. We talked to a lot of schools about their test optional policies, what they have found over the, the last couple of years, and what the what it portends for the future. The summer I probably answered every day. <laughs> Test optional in admissions means that a student does not have to submit some portion or perhaps all of their standardized testing as part of their application. Institutions that are test optional in their admission policies provide that alternative or option to their applicants, recognizing that standardized tests are just one of many factors in the admission review process. We can look at a transcript and get three and a half years of one's academic performance versus three and a half hours on a Saturday morning. And those three and a half years on the transcript is going to tell us a whole heck of a lot more. There is a clear 
connect or line between privilege and one's ability to perform well. And the data shows that. I have no question that we can operate a fantastic admission program without standardized testing. For, thank you. Um, this is about uh, college visits. One of the things that we really encourage students to do is visiting colleges. And at this point, if it's hard to travel outside of Vermont to visit the schools that you're interested in, we encourage you to visit schools in Vermont. Even if you don't want to stay in Vermont, you can gather some really helpful information about the schools here and what your likes are and your dislikes are. And that can help you in the process as you're doing your research and finding schools. And with COVID, there were many schools that had to close their campuses to visitors. And as that um, has evolved, many schools now have these really great resources where students and families can do virtual visits. And we have found a lot of students have been taking advantage of that. In addition, as Russ said, on our CBU Direction Center website and in our Naviance program, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit, um, students can see all of the college visits they are virtual, but you can sign up for a visit during C3, and we give you a space and a code to log in, and then you have a face-to-face -face conversation. It might be a small group of students. It might just be you individually with an admissions counselor from that school. It's a great resource, especially if you're not able to travel, or if you're really interested in a school and you'd like to demonstrate interest, this is a great opportunity to have that face-to-face -face conversation it's almost like an informal mini interview. And if things go well there, it might be something where that admissions counselor makes a note. And if you apply, then they are looking at your application with it through a different lens because they've already had an opportunity to meet with you and talk to you a little bit. In the common application, so I wanna pause for a moment to explain what the common app is. The common application is an online application that I haven't looked at the numbers, but I think last year we were at 900 schools subscribed to. At least. at least 900 schools. So we find that most of our students are going to apply to at least a few schools that use the common application. And the good news for you students is if that's the case, you're only filling out one application, you're only putting in your one college essay, and then the schools that you apply to might have some additional questions or maybe a short answer, but the bulk of your application is done once. Gone are the days um, that the adults in the room will remember filling out by hand all of that, the paperwork and writing your essay by hand for every single school you apply to. So now there is an online application that students submit everything through, which is great. So with the common application, again, Yes. As, as my father calls it, the Google tells me that there are over a thousand schools that use the Common App. Beautiful. Thank right you now. for that. Perfect. <laughs> so again, chances are you're going to apply to at least a few schools that use the Common App. Um, and with the Common App, another thing that came out of COVID is that they recognize that academics have changed for some students and they have been impacted. And with that, and then with other natural disasters like the floods this, this summer, we want to encourage students, if you feel strongly that things with COVID and or with other natural disasters have had an impact on you as an individual and or your academics over the last four years, there is actually a spot where you can write about that. They're not looking for a whole entire essay. They're just looking for you to kind of highlight what those challenges were and how they impacted you. 
And we do encourage students, if you're going to fill this out, that you run it through your counselor first, because we wanna make sure that you're finding that good balance of explaining something that has had an impact on you, but also not blaming, hey, all those bad grades I got were all because of that. So finding that balance around, hey, this did impact me and this is the way that it happened, but also owning some of the things that you need to own as well. And I will say most students do not fill this out. So don't feel like students have to put something there. This is really if you need to explain something related to COVID or a natural disaster. There is also a different place on the application for other personal things that may have impacted you that students can write about. Perhaps in 11th grade, you had mono and you were out for a month and you missed school and that semester, your grades looked a little different than they normally do. That would be where you would explain that. Okay, another big change this year, and we don't have a lot of information about it, is on the FAFSA. The FAFSA is the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. If you are looking to apply for federal financial aid, this is the form that you have to fill out. The update is that they are updating the form, I believe, as we speak. There's been very little that has been released on that. But with that, know that the application has not been opened yet. I actually talked with a family two days ago who said they started filling out the FAFSA. But what that means is they're filling out the FAFSA for this year which is not the one you want to fill out. You want to fill out the FAFSA for the 24-25 school year, which will be the first year that you will be going to school. More information to come with that. <laughs> okay, and then formal meetings. So some of you, I see some faces in the crowd. Um, Students-wise, you may already have met with your counselor. If you haven't yet, please reach out to your counselor. We really want to meet with you and help you through this process check in with you about what your needs are and find ways to support you throughout just to make sure you have everything you need to uh, apply to your colleges. And we do ask that students be mindful that it's best to schedule your first meeting at least four weeks prior to your first deadline. So if you know you have a deadline coming up in early November, it's time to start emailing your counselor. We do have lots of students. Uh, we will fit you in, but I just wanna let you know that if you email us, we will probably not have something available that day. So it might, some people are already booking a week or two out at this point. So definitely reach out to your counselor as soon as possible. If you have a, only a fourth block class, in, uh, a free block and you're in Fairbanks house, I'm booking out until the middle of October. Right. Just um, to give you some perspective. Right, and just another piece too, because I know we have some students who don't have free blocks. We will be starting up that C3 soon. So students can talk to their counselor and ask if they can meet during that connect time on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Thursday. Yes, please. In terms of financial aid, I just want to say it's a very big animal and it can be sort of intimidating. VSAC is a really great resource for that. They do have appointments on their FAFSA Fridays where you can go in and meet with the counselor and get help filling out all the forms. Um, we will also be offering something here in December at Forms Night where you can come in and somebody from VSAC will be here to help you answer questions. So again, VSAC's a great resource for all things financial aid. If you jump on their website, they, um, they have all the information about all the forms that need to be filled out in this process. Thank you, Susie. In addition, we will offer a night here where VSAC comes to help families, um, but they are not ready to schedule that until we know uh, more information and they're ready to release things. Okay, so to the seniors, your jobs. 
your responsibilities, researching your schools. You know, we get this question a lot about how many schools should I apply to? And the answer is whatever is the best fit for you. Um, you want to make sure that there is at least a safety or two on your list. That means your GPA is above the average of the GPA of last year's accepted class. So you can Google the, um, the first year of accepted students at any school and usually you can find that profile and it will give you a range of what that GPA is. And so that's the best indicator. There is the piece about testing, which makes it a little bit more complicated, but ultimately the best way to find a safety is just to start with that GPA piece. Your counselors can also help you with that as well. Um, we also encourage students and families to think about financial safeties. It's really important to have that conversation as early as possible, rather than having a student apply to all of their dream schools, get into all of those schools, and then find out that financially you won't be able to afford it. So that's a really important conversation to have as early as possible. So you're all aware um, of what those thoughts and ideas are around what might be a good fit for your family financially. A target school, it's great to have a target school or two on your list. That's when your GPA falls within that average range of last year's accepted class. And then a reach school is going to be clearly any of the Ivy League schools or schools that have a very, very low acceptance rate or schools that your GPA is well below what that average GPA is. It is absolutely wonderful and great to apply to reach schools. We highly encourage it if you've got schools that you were always hoping to go to, but we wanna make sure on the other end of things that you do have a safety school or two that you'd be willing to go to. So not just a school that, yeah, yeah, I have the GPA, I can get into that school, but if that ends up being the, the options that you have been accepted to, you want to make sure that you would be okay with that, even if your plan is to then transfer potentially after a year or two. Can, can I say one, one thing real quick? Um, I just want to make sure everybody also knows that a lot of this work started, for students, started last year in writing composition classes. All of the school counselors went into the writing composition classes and introduced students to a piece of software, which we'll talk about in a little bit called Naviance. Naviance is a great way to search for schools that match your, your specific needs. We can kind of begin to compare students in more of an apples to apples way because you're comparing CDU students who've graduated and applied to schools and been accepted as opposed to looking at things like College Board where you're looking at national numbers instead of CDU specific numbers. So this isn't this, I don't. I don't want you to think that this. Why are we starting this conversation now? It actually started last year. Thank you, Russ. Okay, requirements. Very, very important. Before you submit your application, it is your job as a student to check each school's website. You can easily Google the name of the college and then application requirements, and it will tell you all of the pieces that need to be submitted. If any of those pieces are not submitted, your application will be considered complete, incomplete, sorry. And if you don't get those in by a certain deadline, they will not review your application. Um, so it's very important that this is your responsibility. This is not your counselors to tell you or your parents to do the looking, although maybe parents might help. Um, but ultimately, you need to know, do I need a resume? Do I need a portfolio? Do I need letters of recommendation? Are tests required at this school? So going through that whole piece and making sure that you are submitting everything. 
We also, um, we're going to talk about essays, I believe, is on the next page. But one of the things on the Common App is there is sometimes an additional writing supplement that a college wants. And it might actually be a separate submission. So if you submit your application, but not go in and submit that essay, your application will be incomplete. So again, just make sure you are going through that list and, and uh, making sure that you are getting all of those things submitted in a timely manner. Some of the schools have requirements by program. So although you don't have to submit an SAT for uh, a, a university, if you're going into nursing at that university, you will need to submit an SAT score. Just make sure you drill down applying to engineering, nursing, some of those programs that have specific requirements. Thanks, Cece. Programs. It's very important to make sure that if you have ideas of what you want to study in college, you want to make sure that they have those before you apply. A couple of years ago, I had a student who had a nice long list of colleges, and then in the middle of the process, they were getting ready to apply, and they realized that a couple of the schools didn't have their major. And so that's an important thing to do in that research phase as well. Deadlines, very, very important, including those financial aid deadlines. So with the FAFSA not being ready, the financial aid deadline is going to likely be pushed back a little bit, which will delay students getting their financial aid package, um, at least if you're applying early. Um, but I imagine the schools are going to be working as fast as they can once that all starts to happen to be able to give students financial aid packages. Um, but ultimately, deadlines are so very important. If midnight passes on the due date of your application, many schools, not all, but many schools will not consider your application for that early deadline if you're applying early. They might say, hey, you missed the deadline. We'll take your application, but we'll we, we will review it during the regular decision, which might be in January or February at that point. So. Another piece that I think is important is that you not only go by what Navion says as a deadline. Check the school's website. Go through that list, the checklist, all the things that are required and all the, the due dates. You might not see the financial aid information on that list of application requirements, but then it would be important to go to the actual financial aid website to see what their deadlines are, to see if they require any other forms, because there is also something called a CSS profile, which is generally an application for financial aid that private schools use. You can use both the FAFSA and the CSS profile, but those deadlines, if students are applying early, might be on the earlier end. So it's important to know what those deadlines are. And then letters of recommendation. Um, lots to say about letters of recommendation, but the quick end of it is, that schools have their own requirements. Some schools might require two teacher letters and something called a counselor letter. Counselor letter can come from any of us. Sometimes comes from advisor or an administrator if a student has worked really closely with them through a committee or a club. Um, it's the letter that's more personal versus the academic letters that come from teachers. Students can take the approach of, hey, I'm gonna get all three of those just so I'm safe and I know I'm gonna have everything that I might need. Or some students will look at all of the schools, check their requirements, and if they only need one letter, then they only need to ask for that one letter. Um, we do encourage, or we ask actually, that you ask people in person, make it personal. They're taking their private time, uh, their personal time to write your letter outside of school hours, so please make sure you approach them. Um, 
you know, hey, I really enjoyed your class. I thought we made a good connection. I worked really hard. I was wondering if you'd be willing to write me a letter. Once that teacher says yes, then your follow-up should be, how can I help you? Do you have a form you want me to fill out? Is there anything I could do to provide you with some information that might be helpful? Lots of teachers and counselors do have some forms that we do ask people to complete so we can highlight the things that are important to you in your letter. So when Jen says approach them, I, I really want to reiterate that that doesn't mean as you pass each other in the hall, ask. It really means find some time to meet with that teacher. Take five minutes out of each of your days. Maybe send them an email asking if you can meet for five minutes. You have a question for them. But really take the time to make it a personal face-to-face -face request. Okay, continuing. So Naviance, we've mentioned that a couple of times. Naviance is the software that we use here at CBU through the college application process. We did introduce it in writing comp and practical writing classes last year, so many of our seniors have been exposed to it. If you haven't been, that's something that we'll work on with you during your senior meeting. Parents can also get access to the account as well. If you'd like to get in, you can work with your student and use their login, or you can ask your school counselor and we can provide parents with their own login. Um, the idea behind Naviance is it can go from the very beginning stages, which is helping you with the college search and finding schools that might be a good fit based on the things that you're interested in, and then all the way through the process to where the school counselors send your transcripts and your letters of recommendation and then your grades. So the, the very least amount that a student would need to do in Naviance is make sure all of their schools are listed so we as your counselors know that that's where you're applying and then we have to match your Common App account with your Naviance account. So there's a smooth transition with all of your forms to those Common App schools. And as it says on there, we're happy to help, so just ask if you're not sure how to get into Naviance or if you need help along the way. <coughs> your job clearly is to complete your applications, work with your parents and caregivers around the financial aid piece, um, one part of the FAFSA you can do there or you can do separate through the VSAC website that Susie mentioned is apply for the Vermont State Grant. That's another financial aid piece. Um, students are responsible for their own applications and essays and when you receive emails from colleges, it's very important that you follow up on those. If you have submitted your application yesterday and you get an email saying, hey, we received your application, and then the next day you get an email that says, we're missing your transcript. Don't stress about that. As long as you have everything updated in Naviance, we will get everything submitted for you. If two weeks passes after your deadline and your school is asking for things that your counselor was responsible for, or things that you're, you know that you submitted, then let us know and we will reach out to the colleges on your behalf. Oftentimes we find the schools just haven't updated their system or the student's portal and they have the documents. If there's an issue with the documents, we get it to them that day and there's not a problem. But beyond the things that we're submitting, students need to make sure that you do have everything submitted by that deadline. So if you get an email saying that they're missing your payment or they're missing your essay, something that you as a student are responsible for, you need to go back in and make sure that that has been submitted. So Jen mentioned portal and it made me remember. There's two pieces that I think are important here um, just to go over. Students need to be responsible for their own applications. Every year, 
at least one of us, if not all of us, receive phone calls from colleges asking why the parent email is on the student's comment application as the main point of contact. Um, it's the students need to be responsible for that component. And every single school that I'm experienced with will send a student an email saying, here is your access code, here is how you access the student applicant portal on our website. UVM does it for every student who applies. And every year I have students coming to me asking why they did not receive their admissions decision, why their school is telling them their application is incomplete. You really need to be on the lookout for those emails. I, I worked with a student the other day who had about 10,000 unread emails in their inbox. You need, this is a period of time where I know we don't like emails, but emails are so important because schools are sending you these communications and if you don't create that student applicant portal, A, you're not, you're going to miss um, notifications that documents are missing. You're going to miss potential important documents that, or things that you need to upload that are presented to you through the portal. I've seen colleges propose or request essays unique to their school that aren't in the Common App, but come through in the application portal. So if you're sending out an application and you receive an email, if you're sending out an application to UVM and UVM sends you an email about your student portal, create that portal account. Yes. On to the essay. Many of our seniors will use an essay that they wrote in either practical writing or writing comp in their junior year. Um, if you are someone who didn't take one of those classes or perhaps you wrote an essay and you're not feeling like that's what you want to use, maybe it's not your best writing or you want to talk about a different topic, um, you can write a new essay. If you have an English teacher this year, you can ask them to review it. Your counselors are also more than happy to review those essays as well. Now we have a short little quick uh, clip from, I believe, Bates again. So it's a proofread, a proofread, and a proofread again. <laughs> application of an essay is not an assignment in terms of choosing the most bizarre or the most interesting topic. It's more an exercise in terms of how you think, how you write, and how you express yourself in 650 words or less. Um, I've been doing this for 20 years, and every single year I photocopy my favorite essays. And if you read any of them, you'll soon learn that all of them are usually about nothing. They're just the moment in someone's ordinary life that they're sharing with me that I can't find anywhere else in the application. But if you could take me out of my office and into your life for five minutes, I would consider that a successful essay. So try to find an essay topic that really resonates with you and lets your personality come through and lets your voice shine through as well. So one of the things I tell my students is the common application and a lot of the other application components are like the outline in a coloring book. They're very black and white components of who you are. The classes you took, the grades you earned, you can infer a little bit, but the essay really is the student's opportunity to color in that, that portrait. Um, so it's an important part of the process. Proofread, proofread, and proofread, but don't over-polish it so that it becomes somebody else's piece of work. Okay, um, and then the last piece for students is making sure to balance your academics and life outside of CBU. For students who are applying early, um, for students who are applying early, 
um, to college, like a October or November deadline, maybe even December deadline, all of your colleges will see your quarter one grades prior to making an admissions decision. So first quarter is very important. But then beyond that, students need to keep up those grades and work really hard because all colleges will also, even if you get accepted for that early application, they will want to see your mid-year grades. I have received phone calls from college admissions counselors in the past who have said, hey, we accepted that student and now their grades are going down. We're going to be letting them know that if they don't pull those grades up, that we might reconsider. Now we're not just talking from like an A to a B, we're talking students who might really have a dip in their academics. So I don't say that to worry people, I just say try to work as hard as you can throughout the whole year. In addition, it's also important to know that all of your colleges will ask, wherever you end up going, they will ask for a final transcript. So it's very important that your classes represented on your transcript when you apply are all the classes that you successfully complete at the end of the year and that you do well in them. We had a student years ago, actually we have a couple here and there, who will ask to drop a class second semester and not inform their colleges. And the colleges then, when they get that final transcript, say, hey, wait a second, where's that chemistry class? Or where's that business class that was on there? We accepted you with all of these courses, and now that's not on there, and you need to find a way to take that class over the summer so that you can then come in the fall. Um, what we encourage students to do for second semester is if you want to drop a class, you just need to consult with all of the schools that you apply to. And that way you're getting permission from them, yes, that's fine, drop it, it won't impact you, or they will be honest with you and say, actually, no, you really should take that class, or they would tell you that they would not recommend that you drop that class if they're concerned about it. Okay, counselor role. Our job, we meet with students individually, we formulate a plan, we offer support, and that support can vary from student to student. I have a student who came in yesterday who has pretty much done her whole entire application. She's got her letters all set, she has her essays, she's ready to submit. Now, she did a lot of work on it last year and then over the summer, but she's ready. So we have one meeting together, we reviewed everything, we're gonna have one more meeting where I look over her application and she's going to submit and she will probably mostly be done at that point and not need a lot of help from us. But we also have students on the flip side who need help and might need to meet on a more regular basis. They might want to work on their applications with us. They might want to run ideas about an essay by us. Um, they might need a little bit more support throughout this process. And what we want to make sure you all know is that we will support you throughout this process no matter where you are and no matter how much help you might need. We will still have students who come see us in the next couple of months who say, I'm not really sure what I want to do for my life after high school, but can we talk about what those options are and what that might mean for me? So again, whatever students' needs are, we will meet you right where you are and provide whatever you might need. We do write letters of recommendation for students if they want or they are required for colleges. But as I mentioned earlier, that counselor letter can also come from an advisor or potentially an administrator. Um, if a student has a better relationship with someone and they want them to write that letter, that's okay. They just need to let us know because it is our job to submit all of the letters of recommendation to the colleges. So that's a big piece of our job also is owning those letters and making sure 
we know who they're coming from, we know when they're coming in, and we're making sure they get submitted on time to complete the application. As I mentioned earlier, we're more than happy to review essays, and we submit students' initial transcripts, which we want to make sure you all recognize it is your job as a student to make sure before we submit your application that it's accurate. We don't want to find out after you've already submitted that, oops, that grade was wrong. I, I got an, a, a, my teacher updated my grade and that should have been changed. So we need to make sure that whenever we're submitting your transcript or your first quarter grades or your mid-year grades, we will ask you to review those and we need to make sure that it's accurate as possible. Parents' role, supporting your students, um, reviewing the opt-out transcript policy. In the letter that we sent to you last week, um, we did explain that we do an opt-out policy, which means if your student is asking to apply to college, we're assuming that you're giving us permission to submit their transcript and all the letters and any other documents needed on their behalf. If you have concerns about that and you don't want us to send them, you need to opt out by contacting your school counselor. And then we'll have a conversation together about what that means and um, how to work with you and your student. As Russ mentioned earlier, making sure your child owns the process. Um, we do have students every year who are not quite ready, and so sometimes the parents feel like they're really pushing or they're the ones owning the process. And we ask that you pause and you take a step back and recognize that maybe we need to have some conversations around, are you ready? Is this in your best interest right now? Or how can I help you um, get to that point where you want to be engaged in this process? Because it is really important that students' voice is heard throughout this application process versus it coming from um, someone else. One thing I just want to add right here is I have, I had two students last year that I really tried to push through the process and they clearly were not ready. And I have them right now as, as graduates that I'm, I'm meeting with them about their college application process. So once, as, as Rai told me the other day when I was thinking, like, do I meet with a student outside of school? Do I have them come in school? Once a CBU student, always a CBU student. So once you're on Russ's caseload, you're always on my caseload. Um, and so we, we will be here even if they're a little bit slower to move through the process, if they're not ready, um, we can help them when they are ready. Absolutely, thank you. Um, financial aid stuff, we've mentioned all of that. And then asking for help, reach out to your school counselor. Um, usually our senior meetings are just students, but there are times where a parent really wants to be a part of that and we are more than happy to have you be a part of that senior meeting. Or if you want to have your um, child come home afterward, fill you in, and then any questions you might have at that point, you're welcome to call or email us, however we can help. We want to support you and your students through this process. Okay, a couple of quick final things here. Oh, this is a biggie. Uh, don't let senior year be defined by the college application process. We do sometimes have families and, and students who say, this has made it really hard at home. Every time we sit down for dinner, there's arguments over this whole college thing. We don't want it to be like that. This is supposed to be your senior year. It's supposed to be a fun year, but also looking ahead to the future. So if it feels like the college application process is becoming a little contentious at home, give us a call. We're happy to sit down with you parents, caregivers, students, to figure out how we can support both sides in making this feel like it is a um, successful and 
good, healthy process versus being super stressful and causing a lot of um, turmoil at home. Collaborative. Collaborative, yes, thank you, love that. Um, asking questions, please don't be afraid to ask for help. We are here to help. There are no stupid questions. Even though we might have gotten the question a couple of times, that means that people need those answers. So we will do whatever we can to put information out there. But if it's your question, we want to make sure that you get it answered. So feel free to reach out anytime. Students and parents and caregivers, take your time. Don't rush through. We do sometimes find that somebody rushed through and submitted something, and then they realize afterward that they submitted something wrong. Oops, it was the wrong essay. Or oops, I forgot to go back to that section and update it. So pause, take your time, go through everything at least once with a fresh set of eyes before students are submitting their applications. And look at the, if you are using school-specific applications or the common application, take your time and look at all of the things that schools require. I sat down with a student the other day who had a list of six schools and they told me they had written their essay in writing composition and then we added the schools to the Common App because I knew that there were going to be additional essays for this student to write. And I, I told the student, I'm doing this now so that you don't get to October 30th and find you have 1,800 words to write in the next two hours um, in order for you to be able to submit your applications. So just parse this process out from now until November 1st or whatever your first deadline is, meet with your school counselor, Figure out what are all of the pieces that you need, because if you take your time, it'll all get done, and it'll get done well, and you'll have lists of schools that have given you positive results for, to choose from. And then two um, events that are coming up, we posted these in the senior letter. We will also make sure these are on the CV website, directions on our website, which they might actually already be on there. There is a college fair at St. Michael's College. They have two different sessions. I think one is in the morning and one is in the evening. Um, this is where students can go and talk with admissions reps from all around the country. Um, there is a posting. I think we actually even included a link to it, um, or you can find it online with all of the schools that will be attending that college fair. It's a great opportunity to have some, again, small um, informal conversations to learn about the colleges or maybe have that informal like mini interview where they're maybe writing your name down and if you apply to that school they're remembering that they have that individual conversation with you and then we also have the high school planning and career presentation it's a really fantastic um, presentation that Susie and Gavin have been doing the last few years which is really helping students and families look ahead to all of the possible options that might be in the future for them and last, most important piece is enjoying senior year. It's your last year of high school. We don't, as we said earlier, we don't want this college application process to define your whole senior year. We want to find that healthy balance so that you can enjoy this last year um, in high school and with your family living at home. If you end up moving um, to a college that's not local, we want you to look back on this last year and feel like it was a really good, positive, and fun year for Okay, so this is just a list of all of our contact information, and we will pause. I'm going to ask if the counselors if there's anything else anyone wants to share, and then we'll open it up for questions. So I just wanted to say uh, one other thing uh, that Jen and Russ won't say, but I will, um, which is 
just asking for um, patience and consideration uh, when it comes to emails and outreach from parents and students and guardians. Uh, we, as you can see, want to be very involved in this process. Our counselors, some, of, some have upwards of 300 students on their caseload, um, and of that, 50 to 75 seniors. It's a lot of work, um, and it's a lot of uh, support that we want to be providing, but uh, our response time can sometimes be a little slow. So uh, we will try to get back to you within 48 hours of, of an email or outreach. Um, if it's longer than that, please just send us a little reminder, you know, can you please get back to me quickly and we will get back to you as soon as we can, um, or with a phone call, any of those kinds of things. So uh, just have that consideration as well. So thank you. Questions from the audience? Go ahead. I have two questions. Um, when you said make sure the student email is is on their applications, should it be the CVSDVT email or does that drop as soon as they're done being seniors and the school has an old email address? Do they need to have a, a personal email of their own that's what they're sending to the colleges or use their high school email? Gotcha. So question is, should students use their CVSD emails in their applications or should they use a different email? Um, so one, their student, all of your emails will turn off in I think August of after you graduate. Um, so there are plenty of students who use their CVU email address through the application process because basically up until the time they're going to go to college, they will have access to their CVU email address. However, we do have students who then decide to apply later on to maybe transfer or maybe they change their mind. And so if a student is trying to get into an application and they don't remember their password, if they try to click on forgot password and their CVU email address is turned off, then they might not have that access. But there are ways around that. So I would say most of our students do actually use their CVU email address and it's rarely a problem. Um, but if students do have an alternative email address that they check regularly, that might be a better plan for them. Do you want to add that? Financial aid, use yeah. personal email, because that's renewed every year you're in college. So financial aid form should all be personal email. Thank you, Susie. Do you have another question? Um, yeah, you mentioned um, in terms of safety, so looking at GPAs and determining your safety schools and so forth based on the, the GPA of the school. Um, some of the majors are much different than the average GPA of a school. Yes. Is the information on um, not Naviance, but the other one that starts with an N? Speech. Um, that's a really great question. I don't know that it's reported separately. So the question was around when we talked about safety schools and looking at GPA of that the accepted students from last year, will there be the differences in the GPA? And I have not seen that on that profile. I think that's something, as Susie said, that you have to actually dig down deeper in the admissions pages for those specific majors. I mean, we can tell you right now, engineering, business, nursing, those are the big, bigger ones that often have higher GPA requirements and or, um, you know, when, you've, when you're going into theater or music, things like that, there's going to be those extra things that are considered, not just the GPA. And you would find those on the school's website. Because okay, Niche has a will I get in button for each college and you can put in 
what major you want, and then it gives you a graph of what they're accepted and right. Support. Is that relatively accurate? So my stance, and other counselors can agree or disagree with me. My stance is I would always check the school website to confirm because Naviance, Meech, College Board—they're all fantastic resources but they aren't always the most up-to-date. So the best way to ensure is to check the school website or call. You can always call admissions and say, can you tell me what the average GPA is for this major for acceptance? Okay. Other questions from the audience? Go ahead. Uh, you talked a little bit about first Yes, absolutely. So there are a couple of major deadlines that you will hear. There's early action, early decision, regular decision, and then a rolling, and then sometimes priority too. So early action, for example, UVM offers an early action deadline of November 1st. It's also free for Vermont students if you apply early. If you apply by November 1st to a school like UVM, and they're all similar, they have similar timelines, you would get your decision by mid-December, but you don't have to commit to the college and let them know if you're going until May 1st. That's kind of the universal acceptance day. If a student is applying early decision, that is a binding decision where students, parents or caregivers, and counselors have to sign a document saying, I am only applying to one school, I am well aware that if I get into this school, I have to commit to this school within usually a couple of weeks is the turnaround time. And the one way that students are allowed to get out of an early decision agreement is the financial aid piece. But on the flip side, we tell students, if you are planning to decide, if you are planning to apply for early decision, you wanna make sure that is your top choice school you have visited the school, you have looked at the financial stuff, and you believe as a family that this could work for you and it is your top choice. If you're not sure, don't apply ED. That will give you the decision early as well, and then you're kind of done that process. Regular decisions are usually January, February, March, and then you'll get the decision in March or April, and then you need to commit by May 1st. And then rolling deadlines, schools will say, as soon as you have a completed application, all your documents are in, we will give you your decision. And it varies from school to school, but I would say within two to six weeks. Some are very, very quick, and some take a little bit longer, but then you still have until May 1st to decide, okay? Priority is kind of like an early action thing where they encourage students, hey, if you get your stuff in early, we'll get you a decision. It's really basically the same thing as early action. Early action for some southern schools also is October 15th, but they'll also have a regular decision deadline uh, typically December or January as well. So if you have an early action deadline for October 15th, not all southern schools, but some, please reach out to your counselor as soon as you're able to. Thank you. Other questions? Great question. So if you get in for early decision and you're committing to that school, how do you rescind your applications from the other schools? You can send an email to the admissions or you can also just give them a call. That's something we're more than happy to help you with as well. Okay. Other questions? Go ahead. So does that mean that you can apply to several schools? 
No, good clarification, thank you for that. So students can only apply to one school under the early decision agreement. However, you can, for most schools, we need to look at the fine print on the school's website, most schools will allow you to apply early action to other schools. So if I want to apply to UVM, UVM's a little confusing because they offer both early action and early decision. But let's say I apply to UVM through the early decision deadline, and then I want to apply to St. Mike's in Champlain, and I can do early action. Well, Champlain doesn't have early action, bad example. But if I want to, I can. And then if I get into that early decision school, then I would contact the other schools that I applied to early and say, I'd like to rescind my application. If you don't get into that early decision school, then you still have those other schools that you will get those decisions from, and you'll have till May to decide. Okay. Other questions? We don't actually have a weighted GPA. Our GPA is unweighted, but that actually brings up a really good point, which is that all colleges have their own system for how they calculate GPA to make sure all students are on an even playing field. So if our students are competing against students who do get weight for all their AP courses, colleges want to make sure that's fair. They're not giving those students more priority over students who are coming from a school who has an unweighted GPA. And for some schools, it might be giving weight to certain classes. It might also be the opposite, that they take weight away from those other uh, classes. It could also be for some schools that they're only looking at core academics and they don't give credit for the elective credits. So they have their own system for calculating GPA at the schools. The GPA is located in Naviance or counselors have access to it and we can help students, okay? So that's about, sorry, oh, that's the first bell. So um, I know there was at least one more question and there might be some questions from our YouTube people. Um, so what we'll do is if there's someone who has a question right now, we're happy to step out of here and answer a question or like I said earlier, please feel free to contact us, email, phone call. Um, and for people who are on YouTube, thanks, thank you for joining us. Thank you all for coming in today. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions at any point.